This is the Car Religion Podcast. This is a show where we share our passion and perspective for cars. New and old. Fast and slow. Affordable and expensive alike. I'm your show host, George. And I'm your other show host, Andrew. Let's Let's get get started. Good afternoon, George. How's it going, man? Oh, going great, man. Enjoying the weather. It's so beautiful out the last couple days. That's right. Summer has arrived to Ontario, and it's just beautiful. I was out for a a bike ride today, and it's it's just wonderful. And so many, so many nice cars are out. Uh, Speaking of that, you probably, you brought a pretty nice car around the corner the other day, yesterday. What was it? Uh, Yeah, I I drove my neighbor's uh, 66 Mustang convertible yesterday. Uh, with the 289 V8 and uh, four-speed manual, it's just—it's a beautiful car to drive. It's in um, dark green color, and yeah, the convertible, which was just perfect for yesterday. It was sunny, 20 degrees Celsius, beautiful day outside. So I went and met up with George, and um, and uh, we chatted at a social distance so that was that was really good but uh i think i got him i think i surprised him when i showed up in that car you did you kind of scared me for a second i was like who is this guy <laughs> <laughs> steve mcqueen at you like it was like because it was a it was the uh, it wasn't a 67 fastback but you know it was you know that british racing green the, the bullet green. color yeah yeah it was pretty cool <laughs> sounded awesome yes oh my goodness does it ever sound good you know, kind of going back to our old episode too, after, you know, we visited, I was like, I went back home and, you know, it was so nice out. I, uh, I decided to do one of my COVID car hobbies, um, cleaning my car. So I kind of bought, uh, so just to kind of level set, I, um, usually when I clean my cars, um, you know, I kind of go do those one of drive through washes. I pay three bucks. I sprayed the soap. I use the pressure washer and then I do the dry right there, which is pretty convenient. But I think now I kind of want to do it a little bit more properly um, with the, you know, the two bucket method. So um, basically, I, I kind of bought the the washing buckets and I washed both of my cars last night. Um, I actually managed to get both done before uh, before sunset. And honestly, it's something about, you know, hand washing your car, right? It's satisfying. It's, you know, pride of ownership. So it was, it was awesome. Bond. Get to yeah, bond with your car. Yeah, it turned time. out great. Turned out great. Yeah. Speaking of um, nice, clean, uh, wash, personal cars, I actually came across um, uh, somebody shared this on my Facebook feed today, and I thought I would check it out. It's actually, it's a virtual car show, uh, and this is the Toronto edition. So basically what's happening from what I understand is that people take a whole bunch of pictures and different media of their ride, uh, no matter what it is. I don't think they restrict it. You know, it could be JDM or a a sixties American muscle car or, or, you know, a brand new Supra, like it could be anything. And, um, you know, you share your ride online and people can go in and, and comment and, and talk to people and different owners. And what I actually found really cool is that Anyone can go online and sign up to be a judge. And so what you do is you go and you you judge different people's cars um, and you rate them on different aspects and stuff like that. Give them feedback and and stuff. 
and you can actually win uh, prizes depending on how you judge and how many cars you judge and things like that. And they so they've got car related prizes um, like uh, different detailing um, packs from uh, I can't remember who their sponsor is, but they've got a company that does detailing uh liquimali i think that i think it is um they've got yokohama as a sponsor so you can win a whole bunch of different car related uh stuff from them if you log on and judge so uh tomorrow if i have time i might actually uh log on and do that it's run by driven and so it's called the driven virtual toronto edition there's a Facebook event, but uh, you basically just have to log on to their uh, their online like web app, I guess, and then you can sign up to be a judge. And yeah, it sounds like a really cool idea. It's all free to do, by the way, if you want to register your ride uh, or if you want to be a judge. You just have to go to uh, www.drivenshow.ca and then uh, all the details should be there. Honestly, I might look into that. I kind of want to enter <laughs> if there's no, you know, the qualification is low because, uh, I mean, it'll be it'll be a cool thing to do. Yeah, you could put your car. Your Miata would be great for that show. I just don't know if you can register a car this late because it happens tomorrow. But if not, uh, you can still register to be a judge if you want to do that. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I'll, de- yeah. I'll definitely check it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess uh, bringing to our um the topic that we wanted to discuss today, though, is that recently, you know, we, we kind of heard uh, a bunch of automotive news, right, in the industry, um, even though, you know, this, um, the COVID situation is slowing down the industry, innovation is not stopping, right, because those are usually planned uh, a few years ahead. And, you know, Toyota kind of came out with great and exciting news with uh, updates to their current lineup. I think, it's actually very interesting because, you know, Toyota is really one of those brands that built on reliability and, um, you know, price first. And now they're kind of slowly transitioning to the nicer and finer things in life. Right. Does that does that make sense? Because they're you know, their cars are started looking a little bit more sharper and the interior is getting nicer. Technology is coming up. Right. I think I, I believe it was last um uh, last weekend, right? Three days ago, uh, Toyota announced the new Sienna and the new uh, Toyota Venza, which is coming back to North America. That's been dead for a few years. So I think it's uh, both of them are going to come in hybrid. Is that is that right, Andrew? Hybrid only. Hybrid only, right? It's similar yep. to the RAV4 Prime, right? No, it's actually, it is different from the RAV4 Prime. Oh, and that's it? another vehicle okay. coming out, but it's a different system to that. Oh, interesting. Because, yes. sorry, the RAV4 Prime is uh, a plug-in hybrid, right? Right. So the RAV4 Prime is the current RAV4. So it's yep. it's not a new vehicle, but it's just a new powertrain. And so it's a plug-in hybrid, kind of like the Prime is the plug-in Prius and mm-hmm. the nice Prius. So, and it's supposed to be a sporty version of the uh, RAV4 as well. So it comes in the SE and XSE trim levels, right, which are the sporty Uh, versions of toyotas are the the se levels so the rav4 prime is like 302 horsepower something like that now the venza and the sienna are also hybrids they're hybrid only um but they are i believe they're on the same system as each other and they are 243 horsepower so they're detuned and they're not plug-in hybrids either okay gotcha 
Yeah. I, I, I know, um, you know, Armin, uh, our family friend, he, um, he has a, uh, he's had two hybrids, two Camry hybrids. He had a 2013 Camry hybrid and a 2015. I think he took both of these cars up to, uh, well, the old, the 13, he took up to 350,000 without a single issue. Just the brakes once. That's the only additional maintenance addition on top of oil changes that he did. Um, this 15, he brought brand new. 350 hasn't even done brakes yet. <laughs> yeah, because I guess you've got the regen. <laughs> yeah, happening exactly. There, right, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 pretty insane, and I think Toyota really kind of finessed that technology. You know, I, I understand they still they use a CVT in that system, but it really optimized the the you know hybrid system, right? With CVT, it really works well um, together, and I think over the years they've really uh, innovated in that space and the traditional disadvantage of a CVT in terms of reliability and the whininess and acceleration, they're kind of overcoming that with the hybrid system. So yeah. it, it's interesting to see, you know, Toyota's building on their on their strength, right? Yeah, because they've been doing hybrids longer than anybody else. They've got uh, that whole set of technology down, right? And uh, so now you've you've got whole vehicle models that are hybrid only. And I think... You're going to see more of this in the industry because here we've got, you know, I, we've got a, a crossover, like medium-sized crossover in the Venza. It's a little bit nicer, a little bit on the luxury side, but it's it's a medium-sized crossover. One of every two new vehicles is probably a medium-sized crossover at this point. Yeah, and it's such a big market, right? And you oh, know what? Yeah. It's interesting that Toyota is kind of entering, uh, like refreshing their products like that, right? Like the minivan market is kind of dying, right? Um, you know, Chrysler is pulling out with the Grand Caravan. I think the, this year is the last, uh, sorry, the 2020 model year is the last model year for that, right? And then I think they're kind of sticking with the Pacifica. It's interesting because, you know, like people are transitioning, they, they prefer larger SUVs, right? Uh, like the Pilot, the Pathfinder, the Atlas, right? But I think it'll be good. The hybrid, I think it kind of differentiate. Um, there are, you know, you, you, your family owns a van. You kind of know the, the advantage of having a van. It's just so yeah. much more convenient, right, to carry things and uh, carry people comfortably. And I think, you know, with this hybrid system, it really, it would really help with, you know, the fuel mileage disadvantage with a minivan. Yeah. And I think I, Toyota also, because they are the only ones who have ever offered all-wheel drive yes. in their minivan for a long time, that's also going to be an advantage going forward, right? I mean, that's one of the selling points that people go after when they get one of those crossovers or big SUVs. And so that capability still being included with the uh, the 2021 Sienna, I don't think it's, um, it's definitely not standard. Uh, you can get a front-wheel drive version, which, I mean, honestly, is is really good enough. But if you do want all-wheel drive, you can get it in your Sienna. And I think that is crucial because it's one of the key selling points of Toyota Sienna over any other minivan. Yeah, so so the, the, the Sienna is actually very interesting because it's going to be a, a lot of power. It's going to come with 243 horsepower. I think you mentioned earlier, right? Yes, 243 all-wheel drive on a minivan that's pretty cool like that's actually I'm, less than they used to come with though in the v6 oh, oh really yes yes but the v6 I, used to be more than that oh 
That's interesting, actually. So I guess the RAV4 now, it's really the performance SUV on Toyota's lineup, right? <laughs> I mean, like 300 the- horsepower is a lot, man. In, yeah. in pretty much any car, like that's, you're getting up there with that. And you don't need any more than 243 horsepower in your minivan, right? I mean, the one that uh, my family owns, it's it's a, an 09 Sienna. Yeah. And it's, it's only front wheel drive. And uh, that thing, I think it was 235 horsepower, brand new or something like that. And I'm sure it doesn't make that now. It's totally got enough uh, get up and go. We've we've towed trailers and loaded it up, put a, a roof um, roof carrier on top, and and it's done everything it needs to do. So honestly, like I wouldn't want for any more than 243 horsepower in my minivan, right? So yeah, I yeah. I think that's especially when you've got. The uh, the torque coming from your electric motors and the hybrid system, I think you're uh, you're doing well with that much power for sure. Yeah, I think when you, also when you look at you know the target market for for that segment, right? It's uh, that segment really cares about you know fuel efficiency and use style, right? Style and as well as safety, which I think Toyota really improved in this uh, generation. So I think uh, you, I think every automaker has their own like safety shield uh, naming conventions, but I think this yeah. is called like Safety Sense 2.0. Um, that's what Toyota is calling it, right? Yep, yep. I think it's got a lot of tech in both of these two vehicles, like 10-inch uh, heads-up display, uh, more premium interiors, right? I think it's actually funny because the Sienna is actually going to be uh, getting an actual fridge in the van. Can you believe yep. that? Yep. <laughs> and they're copying the uh, the Honda vacuum as well. They're putting one of those in. Yep. Um, and you know what? Speaking of style, though, the Sienna, in in my opinion, has always been sort of the very basic, not exciting looking minivan in the entire yeah. market. Yeah. But the new one, if if you have not seen the new Sienna yet you should go look it up go look up 2021 Sienna it does not look like anything from the past and to me it looks way better than pretty much any full-size crossover SUV you can buy barring any Mazda it's better looking I like you can't find me a better looking SUV at this point it's a good looking vehicle and it looks stylish are you You talking about the Venza no I'm talking about the Sienna Sienna, the 2021 Sienna it looks really good and They've also done some uh, some key little things that uh, like they've uh, in the front seats, it's normally and you've been in my van, George, so you know what this is like. You've got two upright seats, a big center console that then goes all the way to the floor and then there's a gap, right? The floor actually continues between the two seats side to side. And so it's great. You know, I never really had a problem with it because there's a ton of space and storage and stuff, although the storage down low is really hard to get to. What they've done in this new model uh, is actually put a big center console in the middle like you have in in a car or even any crossover. And so people used to complain that driving a Sienna felt like you were driving a bus and it was really upright and you couldn't even reach the storage at the bottom anyways. And so they're trying to actually create a driving experience that makes you feel like you're less sort of in a family bus minivan type of thing and more driving a a nice, sleek, comfortable car with a little bit more luxury to it, right? And so I think that's good uh from just a like a human design perspective they're not making people feel like they had to opt for the penalty box the minivan because they have kids right now it's 
you don't notice the difference between driving a Highlander and driving a Sienna when you're inside because it feels the same. And I think that's really smart. So this is really, uh, to your point, to summarize your point, this is the true swagger wagon. It's not a joke anymore. <laughs> nope. Not a joke. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's actually also interesting that it, I don't think all-wheel drive is standard, right? I think no. you can get a front-wheel drive, but hybrid is standard. You have to have hybrid, right? It's, it's, in, in, it has to be a hybrid. Okay, okay. So uh, that's honestly pretty good. Like, as far as a minivan goes, right? Like, all-wheel drive is always nice to have. Um, but being such a, you know, large vehicle, um, even if you live in, uh, you know, a more Nordic climate uh, environment, you're okay with nice winter tires, you're totally okay with that, you know, two and a half liter front wheel drive with the, you know, uh, the two electric motors, right? I mean, what what more do you want, like, in, at that point, right? <laughs> like, obviously, an all wheel drive is nice to have, but I'm sure that will come in a premium. And I think Toyota, as far as pricing goes, is going to be around like 33,000 US, which is actually, uh, as crazy as it sounds, it's very reasonable for a minivan. Because remember, uh, Andrew, when we took an Uber one night and we had some lady pick us up in a fully loaded Odyssey, yeah. and that was a $60,000 minivan? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yep. Understandable. The tech is there, you know. Like, I understand why it's expensive. It's expensive to build, right? Now it's nicer materials and all the good jazz, the tech, right? But for some people, it's hard to justify. I guess you, if you look at the price of a new Highlander, it's still more. Right. And if you think about, OK, well, with the Sienna, I'm getting more space and more practicality. Now you can get the all wheel drive and the hybrid, which used to be exclusive features to the Highlander. So, you know, you're not really losing out by spending less on the sort of more feature rich vehicle. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's still going to come up to consumer preference and we'll have to see what happens there. But Going all hybrid, I think, was uh, was a smart idea, especially having a hybrid option at all in a minivan totally makes sense because, you know, there isn't really a person out there who drives a minivan who wouldn't prefer a more fuel efficient model, right? Like you don't buy a minivan for its speed or, or power, right? You want adequate power, but everyone who drives a minivan will appreciate better fuel economy. So that's that's a good move from Toyota there. I, I've got to say, what Toyota is doing with uh, the Venza and the Sienna is almost what I can't believe any automaker hasn't started doing already. And that is having a model where you say, okay, all-wheel drive is not standard, but it's going to be an option. And when you add that option, instead of trying to put a huge drive line through the middle of the vehicle and and making sure your platform can accommodate all of the mechanical stuff to, to bring all wheel drive and, and especially like part-time all wheel drive, where it's not even working all the time. You add all this extra weight and complexity to drive the rear wheels on occasion when the computer decides that there isn't enough traction. Why don't you just put electric motors back there so that it's, it's an easy sort of retrofit. If you just design from the beginning a space, a version where you can fit electric motors. Maybe you need a battery pack back there. So there's a little bit less trunk space, but it's so much easier from a design perspective to just throw an electric motor in the back that can every now and then provide some torque to the rear wheels, because that's all 
these systems do nowadays, right? I can't believe that we don't have vehicles right now where you just have the gasoline front-wheel drive version or rear-wheel drive version, could technically be that as well. And then when uh, the automaker uh, options all-wheel drive on it, you just throw an electric motor in there when it's an option. And then from there, you simplify your design, you implement hybrids, and you reduce complexity from... uh, sort of the buyer's perspective, right? So it's not like, okay, well, now if I get the all-wheel drive version, there's all of a sudden a big hump through the middle of the car, and I'll actually notice that, and I can't sit as many people in the back, or I have less uh, trunk space, or I add so much weight to the car. It's just, it's one of those ideas that I'm really surprised we haven't seen already. And Toyota is almost there. They already have the hybrid system, and it's standard uh, in these vehicles, so it's a little bit different, but adding an electric motor to the rear axle, I can't believe we haven't seen any of that already. And I've been thinking about this for years now where it would just be so easy to just stick an electric motor back there and that's how you make all-wheel drive. And you know what, Andrew? I think that's such a good point as well. Um, That was actually what I wanted to jump into as well. Um, Like, I remember you saying, like, the reason why your family didn't go with that all-wheel drive model of Sienna when you guys purchased it brand new in 09 was the big hump, right? That's right. It it cuts off a seat, too. It's uh, seven passengers instead of eight. Which right. you know makes a difference for uh, families in that in that market. Yeah, because there are five of us, and we wanted to have three in the middle row, right? But yeah. you had to have the captain's chairs if you had all-wheel drive. You couldn't get three seats in the middle row, but we could actually get three full seats in the middle row with the front-wheel drive version. So that's that's what we went with. Yeah, and I think from a marketing perspective, we kind of call it, you know, the first mover's advantage, right? This is a great thing for Toyota. Um, I think uh, even depending on how they want to position it, but like from both like, you know, design and marketing perspective, they really have something, a story to build on, right? Uh, Like when you look at the Toyota, they, I think they, they released it last month, something very similar called the Harir in Japan. Right. That's the the name, the naming convention uh, in Japan. Yeah. If you look at the design, I'm really impressed, man. Like, honestly, on the back, it resembles a, a Jaguar. After, like, it really does. Right. Yeah. Like the lights yeah. and and then, you know what? And really, if this thing was badged at Lexus, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Even if you look at the front fascia and lighting and, and just the angle and, and, and stuff like that, it's it's really a premium vehicle. And yeah, well, and you look at those pictures of the new upcoming Venza, right? That's a JDM yeah. design. That's actually a design they have in Japan, and they're now bringing it over here. It's gorgeous. It looks really nice. It doesn't look sporty or anything like that, but it's it's essentially kind of like what the old Venza was as a baby Lexus. But the old Venza honestly was kind of ugly, whereas this thing it's, is really nice. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I would say that. And you know what? And you know how we said like the CX-5 is beautiful. This is very competitive to that. Honestly. When was the last time, George, you said, oh, that Toyota over there is beautiful? Uh-huh. Right? I don't, I don't think that I, those words have ever came out of my mouth. Yeah. Not in a long time. You know what? I've seen a 2000 GT. That's pretty beautiful. But like otherwise, that's I'm kind James of stuck, Bond right? times, man. Like, exactly. Yeah. So the fact that they're bringing this uh, this really nice looking uh, JDM design to North America is is great. I love the fact that they're bringing it over here. It's a nice looking crossover and it's hybrid only. So I'm really excited to see these on the road personally. And Andrew, we should totally go test drive 
these both of these lineups uh, when when it comes out. And I think maybe we can do a follow up episode, just kind of give give us our you know initial impressions and and so forth and so on. But I I think uh, Toyota is definitely heading to the right direction. And as far as like industry knowledge goes, I think they're they are planning to refresh the rest of their lineups because the, a new Tacoma is going to be uh, like apparently it's coming at twenty twenty three and stuff like that, right? And you know the Corolla. Uh, remember how we were? I think a couple episodes ago we talked about the the crazy Yaris they had in Japan, right? The all-wheel drive, um, 300 horsepower manual. And in Europe too, I think. In Europe, yep, the GR. I think sources have leaked the information that it's coming to North America, but not on the Yaris, but based on a Corolla, right? A Corolla hatchback, which we love. That car, honestly, even as a stock form, like the XSE manual hatchback, that's a nice car. It's a track-ready car, man. You could bring that thing to the track and have fun. Yeah, it comes in a manual and some fun colors and supposed to be uh, good to drive. You know, just the basic Corolla is actually supposed to be nice to drive, which is a change. Just keep the prices down, man. I might yep. buy one. Honestly, honestly, close. I'm close, right? We'll see. We'll see how it is. But hey, maybe maybe George will own a own a Toyota. You know, it wouldn't be a bad move. But uh, yeah, it's it sounds like Toyota is going to make um, more of a sporty push, bring some more of their gazoo racing. That's what GR stands for. Um, technically over here, they call the the Supra the GR Supra. And so they're hoping to bring more GR uh, products. It's kind of like their M division, you could say, but it's Toyota, so it's not M. But yeah, uh, they're bringing more of those products over, which is great. And you know what? If they have to sell you know, a bunch of RAV4 prime sporty things just so that they can make, uh, you know, an all-wheel drive, 250 horsepower uh, manual Corolla hatchback, then I'm all for it. Sell as many crossovers as you want. That's great news. Yeah, and you know what? Speaking of Toyota, I think Toyota's kind of stealing all um, all the thunder today. But um, their luxury brand, Lexus, they had really great success, right? In you know the in 2011 when they had you know the LFA, they had all the F Sport coming back into the uh, you know the it, it's introduced into the the product mix, and they were really successful with that five liter V8, weren't they? Uh, they had that in the ISF, right? Which was a competitor to the the M3 and the C63. Um, yes, which so, at that time, they were all naturally aspirated V8s, right? Yes. The M3 was still a V8 back then. And uh, since then, they've gone turbocharged and the, uh, the M3s are now uh, inline sixes and stuff. We'll have to see where Mercedes goes. There are rumors that they won't do any more V8s, but I, I doubt that. I think they'll keep them around for a little longer and I hope they do. But yeah, they had the, the naturally aspirated five liter V8, which is supposed to be a treat to drive. Yeah. And, you know, I think so what the information that we have basically are saying that 2021, the Lexus IS lineup, well, essentially, keep all the engine they currently have, right? That two-liter turbo and the V uh, and the V6. So, like initially, we thought they were going to come up, you know, with a uh, I, a new ISF with a twin-turbo V6. Actually, that's not the case. So, I think my point is they're bringing back the five-liter V8, and they're going to call it the IS500 instead of the ISF. These are the rumors, yeah, and because yeah. the IS will go through one more sort of facelift. It'll be the same 
base IS car that's been around for uh, a few years now, um, the latest IS version, but they'll do a quick facelift. And uh, yeah, supposedly they're going to put uh, that five liter V8 in there and make an IS 500 kind of as a send off, I think both to that engine and the IS itself, because I don't know, you know, what else they're going to put that engine in right now. It's in the LC um, the GS is discontinued, so there's no more of those GSFs. The LC has that V8, and then I, I can't see them putting it in anything else after that IS, to be honest. Yeah, I think this might be the last of it, so you guys better, you know, <laughs> move fast. I'm buying this car when it comes out, so yeah. cherish um, the last 5-liter V8, you know? Unless it uh, sells like crazy, which uh, likely it won't. I, I think that's that's the last we'll see of that 5-liter V8. Because there are also rumors that Lexus is trying to turbocharge that engine or another V8 and put it into the LC to make an LCF. But, I mean, at this point, there's so many rumors. And there's probably just a lot of people who want them to keep their V8s around and... Like you said, George, they were supposed to at one point be making a, a twin turbo V6. So who knows what's coming out of Lexus uh, after all this is done. But I really hope to see that five liter V8 in an IS and, uh, you know, maybe take the fight over to the M3, even if uh, they might actually be down on on torque to the turbocharged inline sixes. And I, I'm really in interested to see what happens and i think this is a message to toyota from us <laughs> bring back more manuals on please these do it on cars you know <laughs> at least uh we have confirmation from bmw that they're going to do a manual in the next uh m3 and m4 which is yeah. great but yeah lexus hasn't seen a manual in a long time at least i think the uh the gr uh, Corolla or whatever they're supposed to be making. That's going to be manual hatch. only, yeah, right? That's supposed to have, uh, well, I don't know about manual only, but I know it's supposed to have a manual. That, that's, you know what, that's that's all I can ask for. As long as there's a manual in, in that thing, you know, I'll, I'll be happy because it's not like I'm uh, going to be looking at buying a, a five liter IS anytime soon. Yeah, and then I think it, it brushes on our, our last point, and it kind of circles back to what we were talking last episode, like the new uh, G, uh, the new um, FRS, sorry, 86 BRZ replacement will be coming in the next couple of years as well. So uh, exciting news for Toyota, and I think it's going to be a, a great couple, uh, great couple of years for the brand. So yeah, you uh, know what? Looking forward to see it. Yeah, uh, Accio Toyota has done a really good job of converting. Toyota from a sort of boring but reliable brand to sporty, luxurious, and reliable brand. I think they're doing great things over at Toyota right now, and uh, they'll only see more success from it. Agreed. Oh, George, actually, we I mentioned BMW quick, and this is way off topic, but... Um, actually, it's not, because they're making Toyotas out of BMWs now, but it's not about the Supra. <laughs> I saw... Down the street today, when I was on my bike ride, one of my neighbors has just purchased, I didn't even know you could buy them here in Canada yet. He bought one of those new two series sedans. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And it looks weird in pictures. But it looks it, good in person, is that what you're saying? Good might be a slight stretch, but... Decent. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It's not as bad as it is in pictures. It it was a it's a four door. It was in a dark gray color, which actually suits the car really well. It looked really nice in this color. 
the only thing to me really is that all of the features on it were too big for the car. They're like the right side. It's like if you took the lights and the grill and everything from a five series and stuck it on a car that was like two sizes smaller. So now the lights and the grill and stuff all looks oversized on such a small car. But other than that, it's actually not a bad looking car. And a small BMW is honestly like I, I would consider a small BMW. Andrew, I think honestly, you're probably better off just going with an old, uh, like a previous generation 235i. You can't beat that manual. Like you can't beat that. No, no, you're right. But we're supposed yeah. to actually get a new two series rear wheel drive coupe uh, that also has a manual down the road. That's another rumor that we have going. That's so, interesting. Yes, that is very interesting because it means that we can also have an M2 down the road that's still a manual. And the M2 is one of my dream cars to own. So that's really exciting for me personally. But yeah, I just wanted to say that I saw one of those new 2 Series in person and everybody's ripping on it online. I actually didn't think it looked that bad in person in a good color. That's awesome. I, I, I like the new BMW blue. So, I mean, you, you know that blue green color? I like that. All right. So I think we've uh, we've kind of gone on for a while here. I know I've uh, I've ranted, got a bit excited, a little bit passionate <laughs> today. That's um, good. That's what we yeah. need. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> we need more passion in the industry. Yeah. And um, honestly, I think that kind of wraps up our, our, our topic for today. But please, um, please, please, please go follow us on Instagram at religion.car. Um, from there, we'll start uh, to become a little bit more active on the channel. And we'll bring you some more exciting information and just keep you guys posted on our That's new right. episodes. We've been a little bit goofy. We haven't done any work on the Instagram. Uh, we've actually had.